Welcome to the Women with Altitude podcast. Women we meet here have a story, a message or a purpose that they want to share with you. We want to inspire you and lift you up every day. Here's your host, Women with Altitude founder, Andrea Turner-Boys. So welcome to the Altitude Business Podcast. My name is Andrea Turner-Boys and here we talk about all things business and particularly today we're really looking at the um, the startups and joining me in the studio is Linda Campbell um, from Mind Mastery and Linda has been in business for several years but she's starting a new business. Um, so welcome Linda. Thank you. <laughs> Pleasure to be here. Now we had a bit of a laugh before we went on uh, on air today about the fact that you were starting a business in quite a niched area and then we realized that it wasn't really a niched area that's right i'll let you explain okay so i'm now qualified as an end of life doula okay and most people don't really know what that is so enlighten us okay so uh, a doula is just a a greek word for uh, a help Mm -hmm. a helper or an assistant and an end of life doula is somebody who works with a person who is dying and their family, or it may be just they're working with just the family, but helps to make uh, that person's death easier in some way. Mm-hmm. So it's giving support. We, we, we now live in a, a society that's quite um, fractured in many ways. So, you know, people may have family but their family may not live close by them mm-hmm. uh, so it's about providing whatever level of support that person needs it's mm-hmm. a non-medical position i need to make that clear it's not a palliative care nurse although there can be some crossover mm-hmm. um, with the type and of work w- there are doulas most people possibly they're a bit familiar with doulas in terms of birth that's right so it's just really the other end it's the other end <laughs> it's the other end and I, I like i think of i think about it as you know a couple of hundred years ago um in in a village there would have been a woman that helped generally a woman that helped with the births and then helped at the other end, with deaths, with laying out the body, all those kind of things. So an end-of-life doula is somebody who's working at, at that end and fulfilling that role. So if we look at it from a startup perspective, um, what is your approach to... Obviously, you became qualified as a doula. That's the first step. No, an end-of-life doula. An end-of-life doula. is not very specific. Doula. Okay, so it's a very specific end-of-life right. doula. That's right. Um, and so as a startup now, what is your approach um, to building your, your business, your, your new business? Well, I'm starting... Uh, really, it's education. It's letting people know that such a service exists because mm. most people don't know that service exists. So... Um, th- there is a whole movement uh, where people want to reclaim um, the dying process from the hospitalised medical process that so many of us are mm. familiar with. Yeah, I we yes, I I, I recognise this, and I would it, I think it's great that if that movement is growing because. Um, we in the West don't handle it very well, I don't think. No, we don't. And, you know, if we were in a tribal community, um, our approach to death and mourning and, and it would be completely different, wouldn't that's it? That's right, very mm. different. So mm. that's, um, we, we've kind of sanitised death. Yes, that's a good word. 
Um, and it's about bringing it back into where it becomes a, a, um, a family event, if you like, even though it's a sad event. It is still part of life and it is still what we go through. A lot of people want to die at home or, you know, if you ask them, they said they would prefer to die at home. But very few people actually do die at home. Most people die in hospital or nursing homes. Um, so for those people that do want to die at home, that's the kind of circumstance where an end of life doula could maybe help uh, by just providing support to the family, but also on a more practical level in terms of being able to help to arrange to get in nursing care or um, equipment that's needed to keep that person at home. So that was going to be my next question. What kind of services do you, what sort of things do you do as a, as an end-of-life doula? Okay, the range of services is is, is really broad. I mean, it, it could be... Um, depending on what stage the end-of-life doula comes into the the situation in. But it could be helping that person with their the legal side of stuff. So making sure their will's up to date. Have they got um, guardianship orders in place? All those legal things that make things much easier when it comes to the, the end point. It could be having conversations with the dying person that the family is unable to have. So actually asking the dying person, what do they want their funeral to be like? What do they want to happen to them, their body, after they've died? Some families are unable to have those conversations. So it could be doing that. As I said, it could be support. It could be being there, just an an extra person who's um, not, medical but is that one step more removed from what's happening just to give that little bit of support mm, and in a neutral place someone who's not involved in the family not so emotionally yeah. involved yeah. not so caught up in it and it could be you know if if the family if there's um members of the family that don't get on it could be trying to bring about some kind of resolution so that they can Support the dying or it could person. just be managing <laughs> managing a room of visitors, and yeah. who's going to? So, so I can see yeah, that, you, that the, I, the, your role is required to be flexible, right? Very flexible. Mm. And you just said, you know, managing a room full of visitors. It could be that the because the, uh, there's always people that want to be kept updated, but the family want to spend as much time as possible with the dying person. So it could be that they they would just you know, give me a list of contacts and I'd be the person that updated. It could be advocating with, with doctors, with mm. medical personnel, mm-hmm. um, because sometimes families are overwhelmed, especially when they get a diagnosis, a prognosis like, you know, three months to live. They're totally overwhelmed. They may not completely understand all the steps of what's happening, the medical steps. So having somebody that's a bit more familiar with that. So, um, for example, you know, if, if if you have to turn off life support, most people think that uh, you turn off life support and the person just, that's it, they die at that point. It can take hours for the person to actually 
yes. die after life support's been turned off. Yes, that became very apparent um, with Jessica Falcolt, who was in the car accident That's with right. her family. And, and it I, it was, it was, it was, it, it was a lesson for me. They reported it on the news. Mm. They had turned off her life support. And I think it was two days later, or just yeah, about, that, she, that yeah. she passed away, which was um, it made me think. As yeah. well. Oh, okay. Yeah. It takes longer. You don't know how long it's going to take. That's right. That's right. And it could be being with the family during that process. Mm. If the person um, has wanted, um, like a, a home, you know, funeral leaving from home, it could be helping the family to prepare the body. Mm. So there's a whole range of things, and it's about it's about giving the the family. And the person who's dying options as well. We don't we we don't really know what our options are. No, because again, in the West, we, we and you mentioned it before, we've sanitised it, yeah. and in sanitising it, we don't actually know what's available. We don't even know what the process is. That's right. Um, a lot of the time, That's and right. what happens next. So having someone to prepare us and to guide us with all of that. Yeah. Um, would be incredibly beneficial. Well, when I did the training, one thing that, that really s- struck me was, by law, you can have the body at home for up to five days in New South Wales. Wow. So even if somebody dies in a hospital or a nursing home, provided they don't have to go for the, the, to the coroner's office, um, the, you can have the body brought to your home and you can keep it at home for five days. And for some people, you know, some people might not like that idea, but for some people, it's a chance just to sit and say goodbye. Mm, mm. And it, it, it can be an important part of their healing to be able to do that. It's interesting because when my father-in-law passed away, he died very suddenly at home and he, he actually was doing what he loved. He was gardening and he, um, you know, he just he just dropped dead. And the... Um, the people came to come and take him away and not all the family members had made it there yet because we were all in Sydney and one of them was on the central coast and was driving down. And I can remember feeling all this pressure around the fact that they were waiting, we were waiting for them to get there um, and the people, we were kind of pleading with the people, could they please just wait um, until, you know, so he could come down and say goodbye. Um so not knowing those things, I think, or what's what's possible. That's right. Is added added to a already stressful environment on that on that day. And he did make it, and he did get to say goodbye. Um, but it was, you know, it wasn't in the bounds of what they were supposed to do. They decided they would they would wait. But had we known that we could do that, we could have maybe waited before we called them. Yes. Well, you know. it depends. It depends on. Uh, on the circumstances, if the person's seen a doctor within the last um, short while, last few weeks, and they're ill, then you don't need to call straight away when somebody dies. Mm-hmm. But you're saying he was gardening and he just... He, yeah, he did just drop dead. Yeah, so by law, you'd, you would have to phone emergency yes, services and straight away. Yes, and the doctor was Isn't there, um, but then they wanted to take him yeah. away. And, it, of course, you know, we just wanted them to wait. So it, I, I think I think it's just one of those situations where I can see the benefits so much of your service because you would just be, you know, available to help be that conduit, mm. really, mm. and bridge those gaps, right? That's right. And I, I had a friend when I told her what I was training as, um, 
she spoke about how her father had wanted to die at home. And this is a few years ago, but it took her lots of phone calls and lots of time to get the services in place to to do that. And he did die at home. But, but she, she said, oh, you know, if I could just have made one phone call to somebody like you, and then you could have taken over all that organisational stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Because she just wanted to spend time with her father. But instead she had to... Yes. Try and get other services in place. Yes, right. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. So um, your approach with your business at the moment is just education? Yeah, I'm running, um, I've got one on the 7th of March. I've got a financial planner coming up to Woodford to talk about um, the financial side of aged care, which is something that, again, people don't think of, you know, do do you need to sell the family home to finance the nursing home? That kind of, how you can set up your finances once you've actually retired. Um, So I'm going to be running events every four to six weeks where I'll get somebody in to talk about an aspect of getting old and dying. Yes. So I've got a grief counsellor coming in April. Fantastic. So... I'm I'm doing that as a way to educate the community about the services that are available, mm. but also to yeah, as to let people know that my service is also available. Fantastic. Well, we wish you well with it. It's a, it's a completely new venture. Yes, it's a very uh, exciting, and I think a very. Um, What's the word? It's a beautiful business. It's got a a real heart centre around it, which I love, um, because you're in a support of people. Yes. In a beautiful place to do that and beautiful person that you are to do that. Thank you. Um, And I know that it will will help lots of people. um, And if they want more information on on your services or what end-of-life doula can cover, how can they find out more information? Uh, My website's walkingwithyou.com.au walkingwithyou.com.au. So if you are in a situation where you have um, received a diagnosis or you have a family member going through um, a, you know, a challenging time with the, the passing uh, into, the, into the next life, uh, have a look at, at, at Walking With You website and Linda's services. I'm sure she's got lots of information on there. Thank you. Thank and you there so are much. there are other end of life tools around as well. I'm sure. You can, if yes. Just Google it. They can find. Look, I, I would imagine that um, we we have an aging population, so it's a growing mm. it's a growing um, it's a growing niche, but not yes. a niche. <laughs> no, we all <laughs> not die. a niche that we discovered. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining Thank us you. today, Linda. And that's it for our podcast today. I hope that you learnt something new, and we look forward to chatting with you again next time. Bye for now. Thanks for joining us on the Women with Altitude podcast. More information on our events, workshops and membership can be found at womenwithaltitude.com.au or follow us on our Facebook or Insta pages, Women with Altitude Australia.